in a dark world filled with deceit. One united voice is crying out. Revealing the truth of God's word. It's time to expose the hidden truth. And unravel the lies. While we're living in Satan's little season. With Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. Welcome to Living in Satan's Little Season show with your hosts, Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. Hello, everyone. All right, we got another good one for you. Why pastors don't understand the deep teachings of God. Mm. Okay. Now, I, I didn't really know how to really title this one, but it's the idea there is that I know a lot of people have questions like, well, I don't understand why are you teaching all this stuff? How come I'm not hearing this from my pastor? And you're not hearing this from all these other pastors around. Right. And this show, I think, will try to explain this to you mm. as best you can. I, I couldn't explain this myself very well, but I was praying, fasting, and mm -hmm. I finally, God gave me the understanding yeah. I needed to be able to articulate this. I'm not as anything special, okay? No. I'm just a normal person like you, but there is a system at play. God has, a, I guess, a pattern or a model that he uses to... Yeah get his message out to set up an eternal kingdom. And you can yes. use this model that I am going to teach you today that isn't being taught anywhere in any churches no. to understand God's will and how to make a successful, whatever you want. If you want a successful ministry, this these are the steps you need to take. If you want to set up a successful business, these are the steps you need to take. There's four steps and I'm going to give right. them to you. All right. I'm going to explain them as best <laughs> I can because I don't know everything I just, I just see patterns in the Bible, and I'm going to teach you patterns. Mm. See, most people, they're, when they're reading the Bible, they only look at the surface details. Mm. I look at, I'm going down to the nitty-gritty, going down to the dirt soil, I'm going down to the roots, mm. I'm trying to figure out what's all down there. Because the Bible has many surface truths mm -hmm. that it teaches, but there's also deeper truths if you go down further. Well, you know, the part there is that, you know, the surface stuff is easier to digest. When you go down deep, you really have to be willing to accept those truths. And sometimes people, they want to accept it, but sometimes it takes a little bit more practice or understanding or seeking and praying and fasting to understand those truths. There's four basic steps God uses. He used to build his everlasting kingdom. Right. And so we're going to learn about these today. So we need to go back. You always <laughs> got to go back. To go forward. To go forward. So we're going back <laughs> right. to Daniel chapter 2. All right. Okay? Daniel essentially gives us these steps. Well, if you study Daniel, you understand what's going on. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Daniel 2 is a very interesting chapter of the Bible. Oh, yeah. Anything I'm, you do with Daniel is so exciting. 
I mean, so here's Daniel. Right. If you read, you can go ahead and read Daniel chapter 2, but I'm going to give you a brief summary mm -hmm. of what happened in that chapter. It's really interesting. So King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon at that time, had a dream that right. disturbed him. He didn't understand what the dream was about. So he calls in his wise men, his enchanters, his soothsayers, astro soothsayers astrologers, right. all the wise men of the land, yeah. and he says, okay, here's what I want. I want you to tell me what my dream is and interpret my dream for me. <laughs> and so they're all like, uh, King, we can't do that. Nobody's... Well, just like, tell us your dream and then we'll give you an interpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were like, oh, just tell me your dream. It's like, no, no, because right. you'll just make... He, right. The King was like, no, you'll just make up some... No, you need to... You need to earn your position here in this thing. Show this, me your talent. Yeah, this is how you're going to do it. Right. I'm you're not going to be deceived by you. You, you claim to be a, a wise man, a holy man. Right. You have all these special gifts. You mm -hmm. better tell me what my dream is. Right. And then interpret that dream for me. So right. anyway, they, they none of them could do that because they didn't have God's power. Well, it turns out that Daniel and, of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not in the area. They weren't around at that time when right. all this stuff went down with the king. But they were high up as officials as well. And so the king was going to say, hey, listen, if you don't aren't able to do this, I'm going to kill all you. And so it was like life Your and death life now. was on the line. So they weren't just going to get fired from their positions. They were going to get permanently fired from their positions, <laughs> right. if you know what I mean. Oh, you yeah. know? It was, and, and actually the order went out when it they did. couldn't do it. To start killing these guys off. Right. Well, that's what happened when they finally got to to Daniel. He he his life was spared by talking to the yeah you know, talking to the guy that was gonna about that was killing them all. Mm -hmm. And Daniel's like, well, well, well wait a minute, a minute now. Why is this so urgent? <laughs> of course, he's this is the first he's heard of it. He doesn't right. know what's going on at the time. And so then he became aware of the dream. And so he's like, okay, yeah, just give me a little time. I'm gonna <laughs> Let me pray speak to my Lord about this. I'm gonna seek the Lord of Heaven. The whole, the, our, our holy God, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the answers the king needs. And of course, what happens that right. night? Right. He has a dream, a vision, a night and vision, he, and yeah. he sees the king's dream, and he's able to interpret it for him. Okay, so now that we got a backstory of the story, okay, essentially is talking about a big statue that the king saw. And so what what these statues are is representation of these four kingdoms right. that we talked about. And it's actually repeated in Daniel chapter 7 as well. Right. With the four beasts. They're right. the same four kingdoms that show up. Right. And you can, we've already talked about Daniel 7 in a previous show. But now we're going to J Daniel chapter 2 because we get a few extra details about these kingdoms. So now we're going to go ahead and read Daniel chapter 2. We'll go ahead and start okay. with verse 37. You, O king... Our king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand, and has made you ruler over all of them. You are his head of gold. But after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours. So he says here that the first kingdom, uh, the first of the statue, first that part. the first kingdom, uh -huh. which is kingdom of Babylon, was this head of gold. And so then, you know, he's talking about, the, you know, the, that each one of these four things were four different kingdoms. So his kingdom was the kingdom of gold in the head. Okay, right. so then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. Okay, so we know the second kingdom 
was the kingdom of the Medes and Persians, which actually took over while right. Daniel was still alive. So that actually. was verse 39. The, but after you arise, another kingdom inferior to yours. So the second kingdom was inferior. Right, inferior to to the first kingdom. Right. But So that was the Medes and Persians. Persians. Okay. But then there's a third kingdom that came right. up, which we know basically Daniel 7. Right. As the kingdom of Greece. Greece. But do you notice what it said there about the kingdom of Greece? Right, which shall rule over all the earth. It I remember, just... I, I had another show about how Rome, the world empire, but they weren't the first. According to our Bibles, mm-hmm. and I only go by the history of what our Bible states. Mm-hmm. I do not trust normal history books. <laughs> right. I think they lie about a lot. I think they fudge the truth. According to the Bible here, according to Daniel's, that the nation of Greece was the, really the first one to actually gain world dominance. Wow, that's crazy. Because it says there that mm-hmm. they ruled over all the earth. And of course, if you re- if you go to Daniel, another place in Daniel, it talks right. about how they actually got split up into four regions. So they weren't completely united the whole time, but they were like a four region style of the Greek. The Greece became like four empires, essentially. Right. And then they kind of all vied for power for a while kind during of- that time. Four parts of... When Alexander the Great died, he sent, he gave his four generals four different areas of the empire because mm-hmm. he didn't feel like one person could control... All of it. Mm-hmm. ...the whole world. And he was probably right. I mean, it was probably it, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it probably was too difficult to right. actually control the whole world right. because he didn't have the infrastructure that the Romans had right. to be able to keep it going for very That's why he split it all up. The fourth kingdom shall be a strong as iron inasmuch as iron breaks into pieces and shatters everything and like iron that crushes the kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others okay so then you have rome being the fourth kingdom there right. and that's kind of the description you have with daniel and the and the great beasts Mm-hmm. It said, well, this fourth beast was different than all the other ones. It was kind of cruel and, mm-hmm. you know, crushed everything and had iron and talks all about that stuff. You know, right. we already discussed right. that in previous shows. Well, and when you think of a Roman soldier, you think of them being all covered up in this gear that kind of resembles an iron, you know. Right. They, they were really brutal. That's what they did. That's, they didn't invoke fear of everybody and, you know, hey, right. you just do what we say. You can kind of run your own countries. Mm-hmm. If you don't do what we say... We're gonna hang you. We're gonna we're, we're gonna sh- make you an example, and it's gonna be a very cruel example. They were very cruel the way that they the, the way that they punished nations that didn't go along with what right. they did because they knew that they were very powerful. Whole point is there are the four kingdoms. If you go to Daniel seven, you can read all about the four kingdoms again because there the, it's the four beasts are each one of these kingdoms. Now, what I'm gonna explain to you in this show mm-hmm. is these kingdoms, each one of these kingdoms had a purpose right they accomplished something they accomplished and and we can use this model and this was god trying to set up an eternal kingdom because that's essentially what he says here at the end in daniel 7 that at the end of this fourth kingdom that another kingdom came by that crushed all the other ones and it basically took over the whole world right it was an eternal kingdom and so what we're going to explain to you is that this last kingdom was set up because of these other four kingdoms. God used these other four kingdoms to set up his eternal kingdom. That's amazing. And so we can use the model of these four kingdoms. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, let's start with kingdom number one. That is, what kingdom is that? Babylonian. The kingdom of Babylon. God used them for Mm -hmm. one purpose. Essentially, I call this one 
the purge. The nation of Judah uh -huh. were in essentially rebellion against God for actually many centuries before. Their spiritual decline had really gone on so long that God finally essentially just gave up on him and just said, listen, I'm going to have to get rid of all the riffraff. God has never cared about numbers. First step that yes. God used to build his everlasting kingdom is he had to get rid and purge all the riffraff. You go back to the um, spies spying out the land. How many of those two spies were telling the truth and, and did what God wanted? Two of them. Only two. So what happened to all of the others? They all had to perish in the wilderness. They all he, died. He kicked yep. out the riffraff and only those who were obedient to what he wanted them to accomplish got to go on. This is where most churches, they can't get beyond right. this step one. Because see, where they're at is that they're not kicking out the riffraff. They want as many people and many bodies right. in their churches as right. possible. And what it does is it ends up, you cannot advance an eternal kingdom having a, a bunch of watered down, spiritually watered down people. Well, it drags down those who want to get stronger. It, it's the idea that people have to be seekers. And if they don't want to seek, then they're not going to do the hard. It's it's a lot easier to take the the easy shortcut. And God doesn't want us to take the shortcut. He wants us to go the long route, the hard way, because that's where perseverance and strength is built up in wisdom and maturity. He does not want a bunch of weaklings serving him. He wants us to be strong and courageous. Most churches these days, mm -hmm. all they care about is butts in the pews. Right. No, that's it. And all they care about is numbers because they just want more money, mm -hmm. higher finances, whatever it is. And see, this is where they differ from what the way Jesus said. Right. Jesus himself. I am going <laughs> to prove this to you biblically. I never bring things up to you I cannot prove right. biblically. Jesus actually did this. He spent most of his time chasing people away. Right. It wasn't a numbers game for him. Matter of fact, he when the numbers got too big, mm -hmm. he started talking very t tough things to the people. I mean, right. it was like, right. matter of fact, I'm going to I'm gonna read you a scripture. The famous 666 scripture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. This is one of the few 666 scriptures you read in the Bible. <laughs> but this gets you, and it gets you to understand that Jesus used this purge to get rid of all the riffraff that was following him. So let's read John chapter 6, and we'll start with verse 65. Okay. It, it means, what I mean by John 666 is John chapter 6. Verse 66. But we're right, going to start with right. one verse ahead right. so you understand what we're talking about here. But Jesus here is talking to the people. Now go ahead and read okay. that one. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. He started talking very hard things to the people. Mm -hmm. And his, all of his disciples that were following, not his apostles, they were right. always kind of loyal. Right. But it was all the other people that were following, his, like I guess you could say his entourage, that right. was following around everywhere. Right. And so he had a big following, but then he realized that most of these people, either they just wanted a free meal because he fed 5,000. Right. One time, he, you know, they kept following him around because he fed 5,000 one time. And he said, like, I'm not going to give you another meal. Essentially, right, I even said right, that one right, time. Right, right, right. Because he just wanted people to understand, no, I want you to follow me and right. just, to go to your death. Because he, he wanted them to go a little bit deeper. Right. A lot of people just want to go the shortcut. They don't want to go the hard way. And what Jesus wanted to do is get people in deeply in the word of right, God to the point right. where they became zealots. And the only way to right. do that is you've got to cut out the fat and just have the lean, you know, you got to get, just like you, to get in better shape in your life, uh -huh. you got to get rid of all the fat. Don't so, you, all the, you, so all you are is sheer muscle. Yeah, don't don't eat the ding-dongs and the Doritos. 
eat some protein, some broccoli or spinach. You gotta, you gotta, you know, do what it takes. You gotta get the good stuff in. Right. Get rid of all the junk, and that's exactly. essential. And with even with your own body. Exactly. If you want to be the best version of you, you can. You gotta get rid right. of all the crap. Right. Get rid of all the toxins in exactly. you. Exactly. So you can have clearer thinking. This is exactly what Christ uh -huh. is trying to do. You gotta clean house, and sometimes that's not fun. It's, it's hard. Painful. It's painful and it's hard work and it takes a discipline that really the discipline we get is through the word of God. Okay, so go ahead and read John okay. chapter 6, verse 66, okay. the famous 666 version of the Bible. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Okay, did you hear that one? See, he lost, and but he was trying to do this because he was trying to purge he was doing what 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 god had already done with these four kingdoms right started with the purge phase right he had to purge out all the weak link mm -hmm. in his church right so that he would only have people that were on fire and that's right. why later on in matthew chapter 24 this is why he could say this to his disciples go ahead and read matthew chapter okay. 24 verse 9 then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now, can you imagine a preacher today <laughs> saying this to their congregation? Listen, they'll be delivering you up into tribulation and the they goodness. will kill you. <laughs> right. Can you imagine any preacher today saying this to their congregation? Right. I yeah. could never yeah. imagine. But this is what Jesus spoke to his right. disciples that were left. Yeah. Because the only ones he had left were his zealots that were willing to go to his, their death for him. They would take the truth over a lie. Because they didn't want to be told, oh, you're going to be fat and, and happy or get what you want. No, you, this is going to cost you. This is going to cost you big. But if you do it, it's going to reward you well in my kingdom. I mean, it's, it wasn't so much you get what you want, but you're, your obedience and your faithfulness will be a great reward. And he was talking about the apostles going out there because right. the apostles were asking him, you know, what's going to happen in the end of the age. Mm. And he was essentially telling them, they're going to kill you. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine Matthew writing that down? Did I, did I read this right? He, wait a minute now. He said that to me. <laughs> In some versions, doesn't it say you're going to be hated for my namesake? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it, to be a Christian in those days... Right. No, in that first century, essentially, it was it was a hazardous to your health. It really well, was. Yeah, you know, that's the whole thing. Are we doing it for whatever riches or things? Are we doing it to glorify our Father in heaven? I mean, that is the greatest effort that we put forth to living our faith is, okay, what is this going to cost me? Am I willing to reconcile that cost with what I'm receiving for it? And I think in today's society, people want to be granted, and we talked about this, granted immediate satisfaction. But with God, sometimes we don't see, like with Abraham, he didn't see his inheritance. And I think with, with God, we will see it. But what he's asking us to do is so difficult and so painful that yes. it will hurt us. But we'll know that we're doing the right thing because it's hurting us. Because it hurt Jesus. He was willing to do his Father's will. Not his will, but his Father's will in the end. And all his apostles right. that were left, they were willing to essentially go to their death for See, this is how well That's Jesus purged right. his congregation. See, to get to the meat of the word, the right. stake of the word, you have <laughs> to get rid of all the weak so that you can actually start feeding everybody steak. And this is exactly what Christ did. Now, I know we focus on this first step, and we're already pretty far into this thing. So we're going to move on. So that was what Babylon's job was, right. is to per be a purging. 
It was the idea of destroy all the wheat, get rid of all the riffraff in Israel and Judah, right there. But let's get to the second one here, because the Medes and the Persians showed up next. Now, what was their purpose? What did God use them for? It was to restore. Mm-hmm. Okay, remember, they were the ones that helped restore. After you purge out right, and you right, get right. rid of all the riffraff, right. now it's restore and rebuild. And essentially, that was the second step that the God used right. the, the Medes and Persians is to rebuild the, the, the temple, to rebuild Jerusalem, right. to rebuild their people back much stronger than it right. was before. Yeah, there weren't as many of them, but they were the, the ones that were left were the ones that were loyal. And this is kind of important because a lot of times, if you have a bunch of people, but you don't have loyal ones, mm-hmm. it just causes all these problems. And this is what happened. After the Medes and Persians, they fell. The next kingdom that came up was the kingdom of what? The Greece. We, the Greece. Uh, we just read right. in Daniel 2 that Greece actually was the first world right. empire right. before the Romans. And God used them for a specific purpose. And that is the third step you got to do is you got to preserve God's word. And what God did was he used the Greeks to preserve his word in the Greek language for all time. So the first step, of course, was purge. Second one is rebuild, rebuild or restore. The third one is to preserve God's word for all time. And he used the Greek language to make sure God's word was well preserved. And this is where a lot of other churches, I unfortunately have got it wrong. They are not using the preserved word of God. And so they aren't seeing what I'm seeing here. And I'm going to give another show on this. To their defense, without them really knowing that the word of God has been obscured through Satan's craftiness. Yes. I'm not going to blame preachers and Bible teachers and professors and stuff. Because honestly, I think most of them are trying to read God's word. No, yes. And be honest with it. Yeah. But the problem is, is that there has been a corruption in most of our Bibles. Right. And I will prove this biblically, and I will show you what has happened. And this, when I discovered this, it really made me upset because mm-hmm. I'm now seeing why, why Why am I seeing all this, all these patterns and other people aren't? Well, this is the reason why. Most churches and most Bible preachers are not using God's preserved word. Right. They're using actually a, per, a perverted or a corrupted version. A white out version is what I like to call it. Well, they I mean, whited out it and then they wrote in what they wanted to write in. <laughs> and so I'm not blaming people for that. And I think, no. you know, like I say, at Judgment Day, I think God will understand. And, you know, obviously, there's going to be grace there. There's going to be mercy and yeah. stuff for that, all that. Yeah. But this is, I, I'm trying to get you to understand why am I seeing these patterns? And no one else is because I'm using God's preserved word and I'm not using the corrupted word that most, I'd say 90, I would say 99, over 99% of Bible pastors and preachers are using. Well, because you're also a seeker. You are one that you, you don't just read the word of God. You get out your little magnifying glass and you look really hard and you look beyond and underneath and around and you're hunting for the real truth. And that really takes time and desire to be close to God and his word. And that's powerful. And so like I say, I'm, I'm, this is why I'm bringing this show to mm-hmm. you. I, I want you to know the truth of what God wants for your life. Right. I'm giving you meat here. <laughs> See, this is what makes our, this show so unique compared right. to most of these shows I hear. Cause they just teach fluff all the time. Yeah. And if you want fluff, 
you could go to another show because there's probably right. plenty of these kind of shows out there that'll feel good shows that'll tell you oh Jesus loves you which we all know all that stuff the problem is is they don't go beyond Jesus loves you right. God loves you and what I'm trying to tell you is all the difficult things that these preachers are not telling you that is in God's word that no one is talking about and the reason why they're not talking about it is because they haven't gone to step three and then you got to get to step four. What's that one? Okay, the next step after step three, okay. preserve God's word. Then the last step is you got to start distribution. Okay, and that was the Romans. And the, the Romans built roads to dis- right. Once the Bible was preserved for all time, it was time to start distributing the word. There was to the world. Delivering the message, the good news. Yeah. We use this model to even do mm-hmm. this show. Exactly. Every one of these four steps, now we're doing. So now we're using, see, and that's what they use. In the New Testament, what do they use? They use all these Roman roads that they built. And, of course, Roman trade routes, even uh-huh. even shipping routes that they used. And they got around to the, the entire world within right. one generation. I think I even had a show on that and how right. they were able to do it. They had a system in place to to distribute God's word all over the place. Now, we have also, is what we're using here, right. is we're using essentially modern-day 21st century roads right. to get this message out to Electronic you roads. in the way of this podcast and this, right. this show. We're using their roads that they built, stuff that they programmed, mm-hmm. and now we're getting the message out to the world in this right. way. So we're following the model God used. The evil Romans built all the roads, and then God's word went through all those roads. And we're and right now, all these evil corporations mm. built the internet Airways, and all these pathways. Yeah, all these programs and apps right. that we use to listen to our this show, and we're using Platform. their we're we're using their roads that they built to get the message of God's word mm-hmm. to the whole world. The problem with most churches is they haven't gotten beyond step to get to step right. four. And this is what we're doing now. We're at step four, following exactly the model that Christ is, and mm-hmm. God had set up in the Old right. Testament to get the word and message out there to the whole right. world. And that's exactly what it is. The internet is modern day ro- Roman roads. <laughs> right. it's, it's really what it is. It is. It really is. And so we're just using these kind of things that, that were built. This technology that was right. built by, I'm sure, heathens. <laughs> sure, there weren't God-fearing people building all this. Now they wanted to corrupt everybody. This is how it all works. But we're going to use their corruptive technologies and their greed against them. Because that's why they built the roads. Mm-hmm. Romans built the roads to get all their money coming and funneling right. in their way because they were so greedy. Right. <laughs> so, essentially, never underestimate greed. That's one thing I've learned, right? God makes a way for his purpose and plans to be fulfilled. There's this four-step process. Now, you can use this pattern yeah. for, to run your business, right. to run your ministry, but you have to follow this four-step plan. This is the best guarantee you have. I see these patterns all over the Bible. And this mm-hmm. is what I share with you, what, mm-hmm. I, what I discover. Mm-hmm. Step one, you right. got to purge. First thing you got to do, get rid of all the riffraff. And right. there's actually a parable in the Bible, the parable of the wheat and the tares. Right. Same thing. Yeah. Matthew chapter 13. Let them both grow up and you got to get rid of the riffraff. Right. In the military, so even the military will weed out the people who do not have the condition of their physical strength in all faculties to serve. That's one reason why the Romans built the road. They built the roads because they needed to get their military might to, to, to every place in right. the world in short order in case there was an uprising. And well, and then in the yeah. military, they do step two where they 
put these guys through boot camp so they can build them up in their way. Right, and then okay. rebuild them. Right. Then the third one is well, they teach them their preserve, code. Yeah, preserve they, their word. They their... instruct them and all right. of this, and they follow. And then and then they put bases all around the world, which is what distribute is. Yeah, they distribute yeah. around the world so that yeah. they got everything covered. Yeah, this is exactly the way the world does everything. Yeah, corporations do exactly the same. And if you want a successful ministry of any kind, right. follow these four steps. Really simple. But see, most people don't get beyond step one. And this is the reason why most churches fail. Mm. I mean, what I mean is fail spiritually. Yeah, they might have a big crowd, but that doesn't. Well. But crowds don't matter because what matters is spiritual strength. Well, that's what God said to Samuel. That he said, don't look at the outside of all of David's brothers. I look at the heart. Right. You have to understand Look at things the way God looks. He right. does not and never has cared about numbers. We should not care about numbers. <laughs> we know David was a weakling compared to his brothers, but God chose him to be king. And if you follow these four things, now I'm going to get right. more into another show about this third one, this preserve God's word. Because see, right. how I'm able to figure out a lot of these patterns is I'm not reading the same Bible that most preachers mm. are reading. And so I don't blame them. Right. Because honestly, it took me a while to figure out, well, wait a minute, there, this Bible reads a lot different. Why is it? And then you realize you got to read God's preserved word and not the one. And there has been another version of the Bible that most, I hate to say, Bible versions have used that is a corrupted version. And I'm not saying it doesn't have enough accurate things in it. Yes, the basics are, are, are well preserved, how to have eternal life and all that. Right. But I'm talking about the deep things we're talking about on this show. They're more like the hidden clues to Isaiah does it when he prefaces with by his stripes we will be healed. So that was relating, correlating to Jesus being crucified. Well, that's what these other passages do. They correlate to future passages in the New Testament. And I think it's one of the reasons because if you read certain versions of the Bible, mm -hmm. you'll get a different meaning. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I use the Greek Septuagint because this is the Bible that Jesus used, the Bible the apostles used, and it's the Bible, believe it or not, that I use to find all these patterns. If you understand that, you'll be able to mm -hmm. see patterns and then you'll be like, oh man, this is all making sense now. Everything's right. clicking together. Everything makes total sense. But see, if you're reading a different version, not the one that Jesus used, the apostles used, mm -hmm. You'll not see that pattern, so you won't be able to make the connections that well, we're, and that's we're what making here. Satan was counting on. He yeah. was counting on taking the scriptures of that text and miscuing them so that um, it wouldn't make sense. You see, the, the New Testament writers, when they were penning their epistles, right. their books, whatever, they were all reading the preserved Word of God to the Greek Septuagint. Right. So when they make reference to something, Right. They were referring to the Greek Septuagint version that they were used to reading. And so this is why you can make a connection and go, oh, yeah, I'm seeing what's going on there. Right. They understood what the, the, the Old Testament passage had said based on their Bible. Right. And then they used the same phrase in their writings right. as well so that their readers could then make the connection. Match them up. Yeah, can make mm -hmm. the connection. We don't see that today because right. we're using a different version of the Bible. Right. And that's well, why we're not making that connection. Satan does not want the puzzle to get put together. I have a theory on how Satan was able to do this. No. And I'll, I'll share with that in another well, show. Well, yeah, we got another, another good one coming Because up. we're already kind of running late on this one. Right. But the whole point is that <laughs> we have God's preserved word and we have a way to distribute that. This is what we're doing. We're following God's 
order, his model, his pattern. Right. God uses all these nations, pushes them around like pawns. They're not running anything. They think that they're doing yeah. oh, their own will when God's just using them. Babylon, Persia, mm -hmm. Greece, Rome, they were all just being pushed around by God. Mm -hmm. Nations today, same thing. These nations think that they're doing their own bidding and whatnot. No, right. no, no, God's pushing everything around. He's running yeah. everything, really. But they think that they're running everything, but they're not. And this is what's going on today. And, of course, we've had another show that these demons are running all these countries. Right. But we know it's really God running these demons. So we know how it all works. It just, they just don't know how it works. They don't well, understand how know, God's doing everything. We know that evil is not going to win. We're living in Satan's little season. Not only because it's right there in our Bible. Because it just makes sense. Join or contact us at satanslowseason.org. This is a non-copyright Living in Satan's Low Season production.